Welcome. Welcome. And thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Back Row Lessons Podcast. We are so glad you made it in time. My name is Paul Davis, and I am joined here by my new guest host. Uh, Howdy ho, this is Nolan Meshke. Uh, Q is feeling a little lethargic still from his uh, Rona scare, and I thought I'd just get a good close friend in here for our exploration of some just hormonal rage and some fun times. Now, before we get into this week's of what I was just saying, some some fun teenage uh, emotions, we would like to say thank you to everyone who has left us a review or a rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you have listened to us. Uh, we love it. Those ratings and reviews truly helps the podcast to grow and be recommended to others who might want to hear the craziness we are getting into each week. I was a history major, not really a computer major, so I don't really know how all that works. But when you give us five stars and leave a review, it does the most to help us. And we don't even care too much what you say in the reviews. Uh, you can tell us how much you missed us in the past couple of weeks. I know everyone did. Uh, but one last thing we're going to get into before we start. Uh, it's our disclaimer that we like to do before each week. Uh, this is a comedic history show. Mm -hmm. Everything presented here is research and factual to our best ability. Oh, yeah. We are going to make some jokes, y'all. <laughs> I am going to mispronounce the hell out of this uh, some words. Uh, sure. Uh, the past couple of weeks before Nolan was here is words all across the world but this week don't worry it's going to be English words uh, <laughs> nothing here will be presented in a monotone manner uh, I don't have a script only a big stack of notes in front of me uh, we're going to get immature we're going to get crude but, oh yeah uh, that does not sound enjoyable uh, yeah we're going to have sound effects uh, you're going to be like the guy from uh, Spaceballs uh, <laughs> It's not a problem, though, if you don't like that, uh, but this is where we're going to go our separate ways, uh, but if a few jokes in between a whole shitload of history is uh, sounding good to you, I think we're uh, we're all ready to dive in. You you ready, Nolan? Oh, yeah, I'm ready. All right. You're giving it a first go in the back row lessons. Uh, this episode, uh, to give you a quick little fill, in the last episodes, we were looking at Francis Drake's uh, expedition around the world and the person who gave him the authority to uh, cause havoc was a queen by the name of elizabeth the first of england she's crazy or she does a lot of crazy things Sets what do you mean uh she well one she let the maniac as francis drake uh let loose on the world to go basically on the goal of only go go mess with spain just just ah, yes that was the, th that was the whole objective and then she uh Come, well, she's crazy because she comes from a whole family, and we're going to uh, be talking about her by starting to talk about her father. Yeah, uh, I come we're going to a big family, so I'm a little crazy too. Exactly. It's but that's just me, though. See, it's Everybody's I come from I'm an only child, and we're crazy. So it's like it's like the Venn, not the Venn diagram, but like the bell curve. Like if you're in the middle, good number of kids, not crazy. But if you have too many or not enough, you're insane. Yeah. It's, it's, I guess we're just all crazy. Like Robin Williams said, you can't lose that little bit of craziness from just you. just a little bit. I don't know if that's exactly what he said, but close it, enough. Something like that. Uh, so I'm I'm pulling up a picture of uh, Elizabeth's grandfather here. This is mm. Henry the Seventh. Um, a nice black hat he's got on. He looks kind of like a cardinal, but he has very smooth lips and I would say kind of silky hair. Oh, I like that hair. Nice light pink lips and nice mouth boy <laughs> a very nice mouth on that king mm -hmm. uh so he is her grandfather because he is the father of henry the eighth nice but henry tudor uh the tudor period of england is a 
tumultuous time and we're going to be talking about it because I wanted to just like try and get into Elizabeth kind of quick, but then okay. I, I, I was researching her father and it was just thing after thing of, oh, I can't gloss over that because it's just too, okay, it, it's too out there. So, so what are we trying to accomplish right now? We are going to get, today's main accomplishment is we're going to be talking about her father becoming king of England okay, and then meeting her stepmother. Oh, that's always fun. Yes, yes. Uh, I I labeled this a white trash monarchy in my notes because every element of being like the white trash that you kind of associate with, you know, <laughs> reality TV and yeah. just, uh, you know, live cop shows, we're going to see in this royal family. Ooh, it's it's going to be beautiful. Exciting. Thing. So it all I starts. I love reality dramas. Oh, me too. So it all <laughs> starts on June 28th, 1491. Good uh, Fourteen ninety one. You know, it it was a little mild that year, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's when Henry II, or like I was saying, was born. He was the third child of Henry the Seventh, mm-hmm. and uh, I should give you a heads up, Nolan, because it was confusing for me when I was writing this. Approximately like eighty five percent of the people in this story are either named Henry or Elizabeth. Oh no way! <laughs> You're gonna see how many people named Henry or or Elizabeth are in this, and. I had to be like, all right, this is Henry, which Henry two, Henry three, Henry four, and then you start realizing, oh, there are the kings. Okay. So, Ooh. oof, the yeah, okay, we're already the at best two, I can. We're already at two Henrys and one Elizabeth, and that's not the only we're ones. at two Henrys. Yeah, well, Henry the seventh and Henry the eighth. Oh Henry, yeah, but at this point, he's not Henry the eighth. He's only Henry Tudor. Okay, uh, <laughs> he was the third child of Henry the seventh mm. uh, and Elizabeth of York, okay. uh, who was the wife and queen. Uh, he was the second son, so he's not in he's not in line to be king yet. He's second in line. Uh, yes, uh, he's in second place. If they had silver medals for being born to a king, I assume he would be given the second medal. Okay. Uh, the other siblings of his who survived infancy, because this is the 1400s, and you got pretty much a coin flips chance of surviving, you know, infancy, and then from then on you're good till you're about 50. But it was uh, Henry. Arthur, Margaret, and Mary. Okay. So those are some pretty damn Christian Englishy names. You know, Arthur and Margaret and yeah. Mary. <laughs> um, but he he didn't get those medals like I was talking about. Rather, he got titles because he he's he's a royal son. So at the age of two, Henry was appointed the constable of Dover Castle and the Lord Warden of the Chinkport Chinkports. What is that? Do you know? No, because okay. because there's so many titles that I'm about to throw at you, I couldn't go into depth about each okay. of them. I you feel try to interpret what they are. Well, Constable of Dover Castle, I assume, is probably like a head police officer or some ceremonial like warden shit. I feel bad for the people who were like in line for those promotions and then they lost it to a two year old. Yeah, like, <laughs> I killed I killed my interview. I killed it. I had great references. I mm-hmm. have experience, but this fucker walks on being two. <laughs> it sucks, dude. Um, then a year later, so he, he, at the age of three, Nolan, were you also appointed the Earl Marshal of anywhere? I think maybe. Maybe? No, I don't no, think so. I don't no, think. Now that no, I think about it, definitely no. not. Uh, but, so he was appointed Earl Marshal of England, and then also Lord Lieutenant of Ireland, Ooh. All of these sound made up. I'll, I'll be honest. Like yeah. <laughs> you're just putting two words together and then a place. And it's like, all right, that's a what new you type. put on a resume to sound yeah. like you're like exactly better than you are. <laughs> it's Mad Libs. He was the <laughs> insert adjective, insert position of insert location. Oh, okay. Do do do. 
uh, and then he was also made a Knight of the Bath. That was one actually I was also made, but that was by my mother, not the King of England. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so after all that, I, I it said the day after, so I assumed all that was on one day. So it was like, oh, we gotta go! Come on, come on! We, we gotta, we gotta get to Ireland. <laughs> yeah, other things to do too. Yeah, so. exactly. The day after, uh, he was created the Duke of York. And then a month or so later, he was made the warden of the Scottish marches. Like, they're just pinning things on him. Like, that's yours, that's yours, that's yours. They just need to hand out these pins. Like, exactly. They just a bunch of extra. Exactly. He's setting them up for a pension. Uh, <laughs> so, and then it doesn't stop because age four, again, two, three, and four. Uh, age four, he was appointed to the Order of the Garter. The uh, Garter? Uh, the Garter. Not the Phoenix? Not the Phoenix, Okay. Yeah. So many times I wanted to, I was like, okay, is this is this something in Harry Potter? Is this yeah. a, is this a position, <laughs> Lord Lieutenant of Hogwarts or something? He he was crowned the Gryffindor uh, Quidditch King at the uh, no. There's a reason though. He got all these appointments. Uh, his father, the seventh, Mister Mister Nice Mouth. Okay. Um, nice pink lips. Nice pink lips. I don't know why I'm obsessed with this. Now I'm concerned with myself. <laughs> Next time I see you, you're just going to have very pink lips. and like <laughs> It's all natural. It's creepy the, stare, you know. How, it's the reverse of people like blowing their lips up to be more puffy or just taking them out to be more smooth. <laughs> uh, he did this to keep personal control of lucrative positions and to not share them with other people in the kingdom. He just wanted more power. And he assumed, you know, if my two-year-old child, two to four-year-old child can take position, I'll do that. He was given, oh, not just the positions, though. He was also given a first-rate education from the best tutors, a tutor, tutor, so that's a T-U-D-O-R, okay. or a T-U-T-O-R of the T-U-D-O-R, the tutor, the tutor kingdom, and he's a tutor, so he's a tutor tutor. Ah, okay. Like I said, everything is going to be confusing. <laughs> we got this. I'm just, I'm throwing you in For the now. deep end right away. Uh <laughs> And Don't worry, I can learn how to swim. You did beat my ass in swim team the first year, so but I still quit before you, so it's all. And good. I was still slower, yeah. so <laughs> I got beat by this the fat short kid. <laughs> uh, it's probably easier for him to float, but who knows? <laughs> anyway, move on. He had the blubber to insulate him. And he, stay warm. Uh, he became fluid in uh, Latin and French, and then he learned some Italian. Uh, okay. I just saw some Italian, so the first thing I thought of, uh, oh, he knows how to order food. He's like, oh, pizza, and then that's, that's about it. He's, By the way, if you go to Buca de Peppo and you yeah. try to speak Italian with the people serving you, it will not work. <laughs> and it They're would probably help if you, you. Yeah, and it probably would help if I actually learned real Italian too. So I, anyway, I went to some like semi-authentic Italian restaurant because a woman that was working there was Italian mm -hmm. and I had asked for light sauce on some dish I got and it was like I insulted her <laughs> she like stood at the table and just stared at me and I was like I just wanted light sauce not even no sauce what just light sauce just easy on the sauce yeah like instead of like a full portion maybe like two thirds of a portion dude she's sauce. probably like terrified to like tell the master chef to change I know ways. I think I just insulted their culture when yeah. I asked for light <laughs> sauce I was like I'm sorry should have known better that's a hate crime I'm sorry yeah. <laughs> uh, so 
he uh, not much is known about his early life besides these positions and his education because he was not expected to be king. Okay. Uh, we're he, still talking about this granddad, right? No, we're talking about uh, the son, Henry VIII. Okay. Yeah, this is his son right here. Oh. That's not... Whoa. There's some nice photos we got going on here. Oh, there's Tudor. That, Ooh. He looks like a King of the Hill character. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Like a, like a, like a daughter. So, um, <laughs> because he was second in line to be king, they didn't really expect too much about him to be... Wasn't recorded as much as his brother. We're going to flash forward a little bit. So, he, like I said, he was born in uh, 1491. We're, we're fast forwarding to uh, April... 1502 so young henry he's uh 11 just about mm. um his older brother arthur who's the first in line for the king so he's i assume prince i don't everyone seems to be prince i don't understand you could be like 18,000th in line but if you're prince of some small territory you're still a prince okay i it's stupid <laughs> uh that's that's my summary of royalty it's stupid and <laughs> this entire episode is going to be proof of it henry's brother arthur He's crowned the Prince of Wales, dies at the age of 15 from consumption. Consumption? Yes. So I'm glad you asked that because I, too, was also curious what the hell consumption was. Did he just overeat? Well, that's. I thought it was alcohol. I thought it consumption oh, was you drank yourself to death. Yes, too. It's not. It's tuberculosis. Tuberculosis? <laughs> it's Dang. TB, yes. I'm going to talk a little bit about TB and tuberculosis. The big thing about this was he was just married a few months before he died to... Catherine of Aragon, and that's down in Spain. That's mm -hmm. a kingdom of Spain. Uh, I saw this quote right here. As the most feared disease in the world, the disease was known as the Great White Plague. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> when I read that, too, I laughed, too. It was a Great White Plague. <laughs> At least in 2021, Great White Plague has a different oh, meaning. Yeah. Uh, I guess you can't really say these days, like, haven't yeah. seen you since the plague. Exactly. <laughs> and it, it got its name of the Great White Plague due to the extreme paleness of those affected. Uh, oh, and I should laugh. <laughs> it, it, Nolan, if you're ever in a good mood or you just you want to get a sense of reality, just pull up the Wikipedia page, Wiki, uh, History of Tuberculosis. It's just going to be plague, plague, plague. It, it was, it was, I was just like kind of rolling through it real quick. I was like, Oof. I'll give it a try, but usually what I do is just looking up YouTube videos of band fails and uh, that just satisfies love, me. Have you seen the video of the like thrash band in Denny's? No. Oh, that sounds awesome. Oh, it was like, what the fuck is up, Denny's? <laughs> Wait, are they actually in a Denny's? Yeah, they're actually in a Denny's. Okay. So apparently some manager was cool with the band. He was like, yeah, it's late. <laughs> if you guys want to do a gig at my Denny's, no that's, one's here on a Friday at 11. So. We're going to have to watch that later, though. Oh, yes. <laughs> Hold on. Let's just pause it now. <laughs> uh, uh, so what I came across looking at tuberculosis uh, was uh, this trend called, quote, the royal touch mm. uh and that was a symbolic act in uh which mainly french and english royalty uh like all over the world had different kind of renditions of it but in this context it's france and england where french and english monarchs would literally just touch their subject regardless of social class with the intent to cure them of various diseases and conditions okay so it's so like a mega church scene yeah back like, in the day. Like, so um, <laughs> you shall be healed. Oh, it, it, it's about to get crazy. So I'd like to give credit first to David J. Sturdy's book, The Royal Touch in England, uh, European Monarchy, uh, and then the rest of its by title is uh, pretty. It's 
I read the section on this periods of it. Uh, so this quote, volumajuric, like I said, I'm going to be mispronouncing English words at this time. Volumajuric <laughs> touch was the most commonly given uh, to people suffering from tuberculosis cerv cervitica lymphodentis. That's, a, that's Latin and I'm fucking that one up. Better known as scrofola or the king's evil. Uh, and then that first word I was terrible at pronouncing, uh, majuri, uh, yeah, is the capability of a magician to work magic or other paranormal events similar to a saint performing miracles. Hmm. So nice. A practitioner of majuri, I did not know this whole word existed at all before, is a <laughs> thaumajurist. Thaumajurer, thaumajurist, or a miracle worker. <laughs> so I'm going with the last one. Okay. So, so it it kind of sounds like when David Copperfield made like the Statue of Liberty disappear. That's a, this magical touch. It's going to cure you of something. Uh, Edward the Fourth of uh, and I include him because I'd like to point this out. Uh, it said that his reign, this previous king. Before uh, the Tudor kingdom came in of England, Edward the Fourth he reigned from 1461 to 1470. So 70. Then from 1471 to 1483. So he just took a year off. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he just took a year off. He's like, you know what? I'm going to retire. I got a nice little cottage on the coast. I'm going to hang out there. And then mm -hmm. things went haywire. He's like, you know what? I think I'm bored. I need to get back in the game. So <laughs> he, he came back, and I was I was just so puzzled by that. I was like, I'm good. And then he was like, I'm bored. I, I feel need... like that happens to like most retired people. Just, yeah. They decide they're, oh, they're going to take so much time off, and they just can't. Like, they that's just got to keep on living. That's literally what my dad did. He mm -hmm. took like a couple months off from work, and then like he was just getting bored with the pandemic stuff, and then his work needed him. He's like, yeah, I'll work part-time. So Yeah, like, you know, you got to be careful, like, overworking yourself with, like, any job. But, like, when you're retired, you still got to keep yourself busy. Oh, like, yeah. Give yourself, like, a reason to do sh things. Like, during school, during, like, when I would have, like, two, two and a half weeks off, after, like, a week and a half, I'd be like, what the hell am I doing? I could not, like, I know you've already worked, like, 40-whatever years when you're working up to a retirement, but even <laughs> then, I'm like, after two years, I'd be like, what am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> so I just want to be active in something. Oh, yeah. Totally. I get that, man. So Edward, uh, after his short... Uh, short retirement then he came back in the second swing uh he create started to make this royal touch thing more uh ceremonial Ooh. Uh, he started having it that monarchs presented the disease with a gold coin known as an angel and hung it around the subject's neck you are diseased here's your medal dude this is totally like a mega church like scam dude, it is <laughs> the reverse of the coin depicted a ship while the other side uh shown the archangel michael slaying a dragon <laughs> that's here, so metal here is your chain with a dragon slayer on it <laughs> go on and be cured like i'm 
So that was the first one. And then the disease were instructed to wear the coin constantly to ensure the success of the treatment. <laughs> if you take off the coin, it's not going to work. Yeah. It's like, did you ever take this coin off, sir? Well, yeah, yesterday he's at the base. Well, you're, you're going to die. So. It's, it's like a retainer. <laughs> like when you get your braces off, if you don't take, if you have it in 22 hours a day, it's not going to work. It needs to be 23 hours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you take it off a minute longer, everything's wrong. It all goes out the window. Uh so from there, after uh, Edward to Henry's uh, father, the seventh, Henry the seventh, uh, he was the first of the Tudor kings uh, in looking for ways to become a more legitimate ruler. Mm-hmm. Uh, he established the procedure of the royal touch more, uh, mm-hmm. and he made it into even more ceremonious. He had four parts to it. Uh, Ooh. Yeah. And I, I got the four parts. They're oh, what's the fun. first one? First, the monarch. <laughs> touches or alternatively strokes the face or neck of the infected person. Nope, nope. Oh gosh, you just, just did it to me. Stroke the neck. I don't like All that. All right, there you go. You're cured. <laughs> All right, next. Oh, next God, person. Number two. Well, okay, then number Gets two. It's even better. The monarch hung the coin around the person's neck. So he slaps them and then he puts the coin around them. <laughs> Wait, neck. he actually slapped them? Well, no, he says that he rubs their face. Ah. But, but if there's a lot of people, you got to make it quick. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Uh, step three, uh, a passage from the Gospel of Mark and the Gospel of John were read. So Okay. Uh, so I assume you move next in line and then there's a preacher speaking. just want to make sure they got four steps. So they yeah, and then the fourth randomly. step was prayers were offered. And it's like, all right, everyone give them a round of applause. Woo! <laughs> Thoughts right, and next. prayers. Yep, there we go. Uh, <laughs> I just touched. Um, <laughs> so, and then this is a quote I found. It was, it gave exact numbers about people who were, went through this process. Uh, but just the phrasing, you'll you'll understand why I had to include it. Mm-hmm. English okay. monarchs generally touched less frequently than their French counterparts. And Edward I touched up to 1,736 people annually, but did not touch during his frequent military campaigns abroad. <laughs> Henry VIII touched seven or eight infected people annually, and there was intervals lasting several years during which he did not perform the ritual at, at all. Henry VIII man we're going to talk about touched 58 people between early january 1530 and late december 1532 there was a whole lot of touching going on okay so this is basically like a sense of tradition that they want to keep up and they don't really care for it yeah it was like i felt like probably as more and more people were like whoa when you get in close contact with people who are diseased you also become diseased they were like maybe we shouldn't let the monarchs do that as yeah. much <laughs> so yeah the the royal touch i bring that up because like i said at least i'm not a doctor i'm not many things uh but <laughs> it, when i saw tuberculosis in the normal like disease that is associated with this i was like maybe that's how uh, you know in this whole pandemic thing how we got to do contact tracing you got to contact trace arthur's death to some dude his dad touched <laughs> huh? you know how it goes so I bring all that up because, like I said, Arthur had died. Uh, oh, no. Arthur died. I know. We were so connected to Arthur Tudor. And when he died, all of his duties, like I said, he had a shit ton of titles, were put on his 10-year-old brother, Henry. I'm trying to make a concise resume every time I apply. And now <laughs> I just keep getting all these titles. What? Which ones do I put? Um, so Assistant he, to the Yeah, manager. exactly. <laughs> Assistant to the new Duke of Cornwall. As he was... Uh, <laughs> As he was made in October 1502, and then also he became the Prince of Wales and Earl of Chester in February 1503. Like I said, any title 
you just click random and then any place in England click random and he probably had that title at some point. Mm. Um, and this was me trying to find the bigger titles that seemed more impressive instead of Keeper of the Swans or whatever. Um, <laughs> Henry was strictly supervised and did not appear in public. I just don't have fun. No one go out. <laughs> um, and I feel like this also probably comes back into play with his later behaviors. But um, as a result, he ascended to the throne, quote, untrained in the exacting art of kingship kingship mm. kingship he so was, just uh, didn't know what he was doing he did not know what he was doing okay <laughs> gonna weigh you from here ladies yeah. and gentlemen he, he's sweating the first day he's just uh, <laughs> what, do, what do i do uh henry uh this his father henry the seventh uh good old mouth uh renewed his efforts to seal a marital alliance uh i did that motion uh between england and spain uh by offering his second son in marriage to Arthur's widow, Catherine. So I know you have an older brother. So now imagine if he passed away and your dad was like, what about Nolan? Yeah, that would be weird. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. No chemistry. So so it'll just be, yeah, I guess this is a thing. And now imagine if you were both teens, um, (laughs) because like, or not even teens, 11, because that's how old Henry is. Um, so both Isabella of Aragon and that's uh, Catherine's mother and uh, the funder of Columbus's journey to uh, America. She was one of the queens who helped funded his journey. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, and Henry VII, so the dad, they were both keen on, I, on this idea of having the two get married, uh, which had come very shortly after Arthur's death. So he's barely in the ground. They're like, so we're going to marry him or what's the deal here? <laughs> What's up? Uh, so, uh, June twenty third, fifteen o three. So also a good year. Also a great year. Yeah, <laughs> I, I remember fifteen o three fondly. Yeah. <laughs> um, a treaty was signed for their marriage, and they were bethroned two days later. So the twenty fifth of June, they were bethroned. So that's when you're not old enough to marry. But they're like, they're gonna get married. Yeah. They're, they're gonna get married. There. We're. we're over my dead body they're gonna get fucking married uh so a okay and i should give you a heads up uh there's gonna be a little good amount of papal bullshit like papal decision like the the pope oh okay the vatican i'll try and explain it as much as i can i was raised catholic and i still don't understand this shit so i'm gonna try okay i'm gonna try uh i try to get a good understanding as much as i could so a papal dispension was needed for the quote impediment impediment of public honesty if the marriage okay if the marriage had not been consummated as Catherine and her Champlain claimed so so basically what there's the pope or the vatican is saying we will allow this marriage if arthur and catherine didn't bang and you can prove it Jesus Christ. When it says the Lord marriage Savior, had not been why? consummated. Yeah. Wait, are there still kids at this point? Right? Yeah. So okay, she, I think, is in her later teens. I believe maybe 17, 18. But still, uh, I don't think it's okay to air out a young teenage girl's sex life 
all across Europe with a papal dispension. <laughs> because this is to the entire Catholic Christian world, <laughs> oh, no. this goes. Not just England and Spain. Everyone this is not a Christ- video getting leaked online. This is, oh, just- this is like the uh, celebrity nudes leaking. Yeah. This is everybody. <laughs> but Henry VII and the Spanish ambassador sent out instead to attain a dispension for, quote, affinity, which took account of the possibility of consummation so they're saying we don't care if they banged we still want them to get married okay like i said this is gonna get in the little bit into a little oh, bit oh it's gonna get even better oh it's gonna get better oh, oh i'm this excited is, is, kind of okay. well, yeah oh. let's do this okay so uh just a quick definition to those two in infinity like the thing i just mentioned already. that buzz light year yeah not it's in, not infinity it's affinity it's oh with an a. I yeah hear that. I okay like affinity. who knows maybe that's what they were going for and Toy Story. Affinity <laughs> is an impediment to the marriage of a couple due to the relationship which either party as a result of kinship relationship kinship relationship created by another marriage or as a result of an extramarital or as a result of extramarital intercourse. So Yeah, that doesn't sound like Toy Story. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> like so if you're either married if you're related to someone or they were cheating on each other, it's all good or something like that. Ugh. So Ugh. Uh, in the canon law and what is an impediment that word I keep fucking messing up or saying differently? <laughs> in the canon law of the Catholic Church, an impediment is a legal obstacle that prevents a sacrament from being performed valid and legally so this is them using self-prescribed laws that they made up themselves saying i don't know if we can do that or not (laughs) so that's that's the crux of the issue everyone wants to get married they're like i'm not sure if the laws we made up you know a couple hundred years ago really allow this kind of thing (laughs) um cohabitation and i saw this quote cohabitation was not possible because henry was too young he was 11 yeah i i would Dearly hope he's too young for cohabitation yeah. <laughs> in marriage. If he wasn't, I would uh, just shivers. <laughs> yeah. you, you're about to be king of England, and boy, you're about to be married. Well, yeah. <laughs> welcome to adulthood. Now, here's your 12th birthday cake. <laughs> uh, Isabel, so Catherine's mother, uh, died in 1504, mm. uh, and combined with problems of secession in the Castile uh, kingdom right next to them, this complicated the whole marriage in England. Uh, her father, uh, Catherine's father, Ferdinand, who was the other guy who helped pay for Columbus, preferred her to stay in England. But Henry VII's relationship with him had to deteriorate. So you keep her. <laughs> you keep her. <laughs> things are crazy here. You keep her. Um, things became even more complicated uh, when at the age of 14, so he's... he's uh, it's been three years now. Okay. Uh, Prince now Henry, actually a teenager. Oh, yeah, pretty much. He's now, now he's starting to uh, like girls and have facial hair and mm-hmm. hormones in his body. That's on his face. <laughs> I won't go to bed now, Dad. <laughs> Just his voice dropped overnight. Uh, <laughs> but at age 14, Prince Henry rejected the marriage as soon as Ooh. he was able to. I don't like her, Dad. <laughs> I don't like her. Uh, Ferdinand's solution to this, the... I assume father-in-law, was to make his daughter ambassador, allowing her to stay in England indefinitely. The best way for the, these two to fall in love is make sure they can't be apart. Just make sure she can't leave this goddamn island. <laughs> They'll fall in love. 
Catherine, she was confident. She was confident because she was highly religious. She was very uh, Catholic. And she began to believe that it was God's will, God's will, that she marry Henry despite his opposition. Mm. God is... What? Oh, is this Catherine the Great? No. Catherine oh. the Great is uh, Russia, and a couple hundred years after this, this is Catherine of oh. Aragon. Yeah. Okay. Catherine the Great. Way off. Yeah, no. It, like I said, there's so many... For some reason, monarchs were like, all right, we have six names we got to choose from, and that's everyone that can pick from. Yeah. <laughs> that's about <laughs> it. Like, if these six names, and then that translated into your local language, and that's it. It's, okay. like, it's like Paul, John, William, Henry. All right, now women, Mary, Catherine, and that's about it. <laughs> uh, Joan. All right, there we go. Okay. Um, <laughs> Joan. Yeah, that's about it. Um, So uh, on uh, April 21st, 1509, mm. uh, Henry VII, so Mr. Smooth Lips, mm. his lips become even smoother because he dies of tuberculosis as well. He touched too many. Um, so <laughs> the 17 year old Henry secedes him as king. So okay. now he is officially Henry VIII. He's almost an adult now. Yeah, almost. Yeah. <laughs> when we were in high school, he was becoming king. Yeah. Um, soon after his father's burial service on May 10th, they had him around for like three weeks, <laughs> just hanging out. Um, yeah. <laughs> They're all holding their noses at the at the funeral. Oh, yeah. Henry suddenly declared that he would marry Catherine, leaving unresolved several issues uh, for the marriage and the papal issues. Uh, one of the I titled this page of my notes: "Dad and his first ex-wife's wedding." Yes, nice. As you can see, first ex-wife because and if people know, like Henry the Eighth is a notorious figure. He's going to have a lot of wives. Yeah, but. I think I know where you're going with this. This is the one thing I kind of know about. Yeah, any it, of this uh, and. I had like everyone kind of knows about him or references him, but the more I read about him, I was like, oh, we need to talk about him. He's hilarious. Ooh, okay. Yeah, exactly. So Henry's wedding to Catherine uh, was kept low key and it was held in Greenwich or Greenwich. I don't know. Uh, on June 11th, 1508. So a m month after his dad dies, I'm getting married. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful wedding. Exactly. Probably. Well, th so the ceremony was low key, but the after party was popping. It um, was? Well, so uh, about two weeks later, uh, June 23rd, 1509, Henry leads Catherine. Uh, so she is, so he's 17, mm -hmm. 17, 18. She's 23. Oh, dang. Yeah. So she's a couple of years older than him. <laughs> uh, from the Tower of London, which is going to be uh, Mr. Henry's favorite celebration place. You're going to learn more about this too. Westminster Abbey. Mm. Uh is Abbey Road by there? I don't know. I don't know either. Is that a coincidence? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. uh, for their coronation, uh, which took place the following day, that, the coronation, ah. was described as a grand affair. Ooh. And after the king's passage was lined with tapestries and laid with fine cloth, and all the poor, hungry people of London were just clapping and cheering and were so excited <laughs> to see it. They, uh, following the ceremony, there was a grand banquet in Westminster Hall. And again, the poor people were just so overwhelmed with joy. Yeah. Uh, they were like, yes, she's here. They're high-fiving each other. <laughs> we got her. We got the good queen. June 23rd was the coronation. June 24th was the grand banquet. June 25th, mm. the day after. First, first day of your honeymoon, pretty okay. much. Uh, 1509. Going Henry, to Jamaica? No, they're not going to Jamaica. Okay. He has other plans. He, he 
He's a worker. Ah. Henry arrests his father's two most unpopular ministers, uh, Sir Richard Empson and Ed Edmund Dudley. So the day after the celebration with his wife, he's like, I got to arrest these two guys. I just got to get down to it. Um, both were charged with high treason. Um, not a not a good charge right there. Normal treason isn't good, but high treason. Yeah, what makes this a high treason, Paul? Uh, so the charge or the reasons for high treason. I love your question there. For uh, Richard Empson, uh, the first guy, he became associated with the uh, other co-conspirator uh, Dudley for carrying out uh, Henry the Seventh's uh, rigorous and heavily arbitrary system of taxation so it doesn't really make sense it's really confusing and no one really knows what they're paying does that sound like any tax system to you right I have now no idea in the middle of tax season i don't know what you're talking about um so because of this they became very unpopular among the general population of england no one was a fan of taxes even mm. today and if it's confusing you don't get more favors from it um <laughs> He was soon also uh, made the high steward of the University of Cambridge and the chancellor of the Duchy of Lancaster. Just keep adding title words to titles. <laughs> um, half this episode is just title names. <laughs> and that's not even my fault. Uh, but his official career ended when Henry VII died. So he was kind of out of the game at this point. Okay. Um, so then Edmund Dudley, the other guy... Uh, after studying at Oxford and at Gray's Inn, I don't know if that's a university. It sounds more like a hotel or a crappy motel, Gray's Inn. Mm -hmm. That Gray's Inn was just a terrible stay last night. <laughs> the The pillowcase was crusty. Stains everywhere. Yeah, I think I saw something in the bathroom. Um, <laughs> Dudley came under the notice of Henry VII. Uh, and was made to be a privy counselor at the age of 23, which I don't know that what that is, but I assume it's pretty impressive to be made one at the age of 23. Not many 23-year-olds we ever met were privy councilmen. So <laughs> I remember what we were doing at 23 was the opposite of a privy councilman's oh, behavior. Yeah. Um, in 1492, he helped to negotiate the piece of edibles or Etablaise, not edibles. It would be great if it was a piece of edibles. Um, with <laughs> Such France. A great time. Yeah. Ooh. Um, and soon assisted the king in checking the lawlessness of the barons. Lawlessness of the barons is definitely a metal album title. Okay. Uh, I can definitely see the. <laughs> um, he and uh, the other guy, Richard Empson, were made prominent counselors in, quote, counsel learned in the law. That's the name of the council. And that was a controversial tribunal of Henry VII, uh, which collected debts owed to the king. They needed better names for the councils, I'll be honest. Mm -hmm. um, and it did a bunch of other financial instrument things as well. And this is a very important fun fact for you. What? Okay. When collecting the king's money, Dudley amassed a great amount of wealth for himself which resulted in estates across England. A 1509 inventory of his house in Candlewick Street, London, gives the earliest references for window curtains. Really? Boom! Yeah. Dang, man. I know, that's absolutely insane. <laughs> <laughs> I, I My life changed when I figured out the first reference to window curtains was in 1509. <laughs> yeah. Just, 
I was blown away in my chair. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's Edward Dudley. Um, Dudley's accused crime uh, was during the last illness of Henry the Seventh. So after he touched his last sicky person, uh, Dudley had ordered his friends to assemble in arms. So get your guns ready, uh, or I guess not guns. Get your swords ready. I don't know. Get, mm, get yeah. your blunt weapons. You got a sharp <laughs> something sharp. Grab it. Um, in case the king died, but the real reason for his charge. So that's what they say he was charged with. But the real reason he was charged was he was very unpopular, stemming from being a rich tax collector. Doesn't really look well. Yeah, I can see that. Um, so he made preparations. So they're both held at the Tower of London. Okay. So I was just Henry was just there a day ago. You know, hanging out partying and now he's already putting people there to be executed um so uh dudley made preparations to escape from the tower of london uh but understandable he, yeah but he gave up on that plan when parliament did not confirm his attainder which i assume is probably like an appeal uh which led him to believe that he would be pardoned he was not pardoned <laughs> so he's like i think i made it out of that one. Oh no uh <laughs> step one happened but not step two on august 17th 1510 uh so a year later okay both uh edmund dudley and richard empson were executed by beheading at the tower of london Dang, man. Yeah, so the day after the wedding or the marriage starts, I got to arrest these guys and get them ready for execution. Uh, so here is a quote I found from uh, just kind of describing what happened here. Uh, Politically motivated executions would remain one of Henry's primarily, primary tactics for dealing with those who stood in his way. Hmm. So if you uh, took too long at the bathroom, you're getting an axe to the head. Uh, Henry also returned to the public some of the money supposedly extorted to uh, by the two ministers. So I feel like he gave him like 20 bucks and then took the rest and put it in his coffee. Oh, yeah, He's like, there too. we go. Uh, that's mine. Uh, so they're married. Though uh, so this marriage to Catherine, you know, when a, when a marriage starts off with two beheadings, I normally think it's going to go well. I think... <laughs> I, I, I think... <laughs> it, it's a good note to start out on. Yeah. Um, his marriage to Catherine has been described as, quote, unusually good. That's never, never a good way to describe any relationship yeah. as unusually good. Um, it is known that Henry took mistresses. So, Oh, I, I, this, that's the one thing I do know about. Oh, yeah. We're going to get into some of the mistresses here. Um, so in 1510, so pretty much from the start. Mm -hmm. uh it was revealed that Henry had conducted an affair with one of the sisters of Edward Stafford, the third Duke of Buckingham. Not the first, but the mm. third. Uh, either his sister Elizabeth, another Elizabeth, mm. or Anne Hastings. So I feel bad for Edward because the only thing he's really known for in history is his king having sex with one of his sisters, but no one knows which, which one really. So, <laughs> what did you do? Nothing but the king banged one of my sisters. <laughs> um, it kind of blows for them, too. What did she do in history? Oh, she took care of the poor, and she had sex with the king. So let's record that one above all else. Um, his most significant mistress uh, for about three years, starting in 1516, so six years of 
who knows what the hell happened, was a woman by the name of Elizabeth Blunt or Blunt. Um, I also love that phrasing of her quote, his most quote, significant mistress. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they mean by significant. I don't know if that's the one he like was with the most yeah. or the, she's just the most important one. Like, yeah, it's a weird phrase. Or maybe like the most compatible, but like yeah. being himself, he just yeah, couldn't stay cool, stick yeah. with her for selfish reasons. But yeah, you know, go on. She's a long ter- long term piece of tail. The other yeah. ones were short. <laughs> it was summer love. Uh, <laughs> Anne Hastings, summer love. Uh, Blunt uh, was w- one of only two completely undisputed mistresses. Undisputed. Meaning. I guess you can't dispute that they were mistresses. There's proof. Okay. Okay. Someone walked in. He's like, ah, yeah. Oh, it? <laughs> Let me write that down. Um, when I saw undisputed at first, I did think like a wrestling, like a boxing title, like the undisputed world champion, like the undisputed <laughs> mistress of the world. Undefeated. Un- yeah. Undefe- the undefeated mistress of the world. But yeah. This is not the same. Not the same. Not the same. So, and this was a weird quote. Uh, Consider so this was to the only two undisputed mistresses. This is considered by some to be few for a virile young king. <laughs> I just don't like the word virile. Okay, eh, what is virile? It means like full of life, but most of the time people use it in like a sexual manner. Like he was just virile. Like Ugh. he was, yeah. He had so much girth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, he just wanted women. He was virile. <laughs> he, he was just around, and it just is weird. And uh, I'm like he's like 18 like he's in like right now I don't mind it too much for like him being a hoe because Mm -hmm. he's in his like late teens early 20s right now he was restricted his entire childhood he was kind of forced into this marriage right now he's not the worst person in the world but he's going to become the worst person in the world very quickly oh okay Uh, good to know yeah good to know you're gonna lose a lot of sympathy for him if you had any right now okay Um, (laughs) so Elizabeth she was commonly known during her lifetime as, quote, Bessie Blunt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, oh, no, honey. So <laughs> that's why I'm referring to her as Elizabeth, because I yeah. put a little respect on that name. Oh, yeah. Put a little respect on it. It's like Bessie Blunt. That really does sound like a four star <laughs> name. <laughs> exactly how many mistresses Henry had is disputed. Um, besides the two completely undisputed two. <laughs> Other ones are disputed. British Tudor historian David Lodes uh believes henry had mistresses only to a very limited extent while the author slash public historian elizabeth weir believes there was numerous others so some people believe one thing some people believe another thing i don't know there is no evidence that catherine protested any affairs that had been discovered she so basically who knows she she didn't there's no recording or record of her discovering one of these affairs and making a stink or talking about it in yeah. any context. So we don't know if she swore against it. Who knows? Uh in June fifteen nineteen, Elizabeth Blunt uh gave birth to Henry's illegitimate son, Henry. <laughs> of yep. course henry fitzroy is his name not henry tudor but yes henry <laughs> henry the not ninth but henry jr um <laughs> this henry this young henry was made the duke of richmond in june 1525 
in what some thought was going to be a step on the path to make him legitimate in the eyes of the royalty, because right now he is a bastard. Ah, um, my hell is he at this point? Well, so he was just born in June 1519, and then when he's about five or six is when okay. he's made Duke. And we'll get to... Dang, the, so he's already doing more with his life than yeah, he exactly. did. <laughs> um, now we get into why I'm talking about uh, Elizabeth's father the whole time, uh, and it's called the divorce that changes everything. Dude. So, during his marriage to Catherine, Henry had another affair, and... The two undisputed affairs, I don't know if it counts this one or if it leads to the other one, but uh, he has an affair with a woman by the name of Mary Bolin, uh, and that is a court lady of Catherine. So one Okay. That... Kind of for me and for um, the audience, what is a court lady? I, I was just about to say, it was. it's like um, if you're ever watching like a royal movie, the ladies who are y- normally younger, mm-hmm. who are just related to some royalty or some uh, aristocratic family they Mm. are kind of put in this uh put in the court or the royal house or the castle to be kind of a servant but kind of just like like friends and servants or whatever yeah just like like kind of privileged servant and then you meet other royalty member and then you bang and have weird royalty kids and stuff okay yeah so it's like networking and whatnot Mm -hmm. okay cool for the rich exactly (laughs) it's like a vc company but um (laughs) There was some speculation that Mary Boland, her two kids, Henry, <laughs> Henry so Carey and Catherine Carey, <laughs> she named them after the royal family. <laughs> no, like, no one had twins and named them Barack and Michelle. Yeah. It was either one or the other. <laughs> um, so there was no... Like, there's no evidence that they were fathered by the King Henry, uh, but this has never been proven. Uh, so people don't know for sure, but they didn't get the same treatment as Hen- the other Henry, the other oh, kid okay. named Henry. They weren't ever made into, you know, a duke or whatever. Okay. Uh, he's, he's not Henry enough for me. Um, <laughs> so in 1525, so around the same time he made the son uh, a duke. Uh, Henry was growing more impatient with Catherine not being able to produce a male hair. I just want a son to play catch with. <laughs> just to throw the ball around. No, uh, Just to be a father. Yeah, just to be a dad. <laughs> I'm going to be a dad. Um, well, he actually has been a dad but uh, multiple times over, but not the right way, apparently. Mm. Uh, so he wanted, yeah, he wanted this male hair. He... Even though there's rumors of him shacking up with Mary Boland, he becomes enamored of Boland's sister, Anne, Anne Boland, then a charismatic young woman, uh, she's 25, who's also in the Queen's kind of court in the entourage. Um, She's been around, and like I said, we'll go into her death later. Uh, Anne, however, uh, being maybe, you know, 1%... just the smallest mincel of smart uh, resisted his attempts to seduce her. You're banging my sister. I I might be the like you might be the father of my nephew and niece. Yeah, I don't want to have sex with you. Yeah, I don't care that you're king. <laughs> um, and refused to become his mistress as her sister had. Like I said, a okay. little bit of common sense. Anne's already yeah, having. Yeah, I kind of respect that. Yeah, I, already. Yeah, really no, I, I respect the fuck out of Anne. Um, <laughs> 
So uh, in this, uh, as I phrased it, white trash shit pot uh, that Henry had to consider his options. He had three options for finding a dynamic successor and resolving what has become described to the court as the, quote, king's great matter. So literally the fact he can't have a son is a great matter to parliament. It's like, God, oh, is, he shooting, no. is he shooting bullets? <laughs> is his pants too tight? You know, so nah, just shooting blanks. Shooting blanks. <laughs> you got a vasectomy when? No. Uh, so these are the three options. First, the first option was legitimizing Henry Fitzroy even more, uh, which could take the intervention of the Pope. And we already know how he feels uh, <laughs> and would be open to challenge. So that could be a whole. Two, the second option, marrying off his daughter Mary uh, as <laughs> soon as possible and hoping for a grandson to inherit directly. But Mary was uh, unlikely to conceive before Henry's death because she was really young. Uh, or three, rejecting slash divorcing Catherine and marrying someone else of childbearing age. She's not even all that old. I want to say this. She's in her like early thirties. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's not in her forties. <laughs> um, Do you know the life expectancy back then? Or you had to guess on the top? Of your oh wait, head? no. I'm sorry. She's forty. Ah, uh, she's forty. But didn't people like make it into like sixty? Like so, back in the day, then around that time. So the problem with life expectancy stats sometimes are like infant mortality rate yeah so like how i said like those three kids like the couple relatives who survived infancy yeah uh if one of them lives to be 60 and then the other one dies at one it makes it look like it's 30 or 31 or if the, uh, you know like how that math works out yeah so it's kind of hard to say that but if you didn't touch sick people i feel like you were pretty yeah. good um <laughs> Which, yeah. So she was 40, actually. I'm sorry. Uh, Catherine was 40, but he was 34. So she's not too old. Um, so seeing the possibility of marrying Anne, who, again, not his mistress, rejected his advances. He's like, I still want to marry this girl. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like a weird rom com. Like, she has a boyfriend and has rejected me numerous times, but I show up at her apartment that night with a great sign. She'll, she'll take me. She'll take me. <laughs> so. He chose the third option of divorce, uh, as it soon, be soon became the king's sole desire to annul the marriage. Uh, this is what would lead to Henry rejecting the papal authority and starting what would become known as the English Reformation. So why England has a weird cross and has weird festivals and shit like that, this is because of one guy wanting poon. <laughs> he just wanted ass. Um so Henry's motivations over the years are not why this is a quote I'm sorry uh, are not widely uh, agreed on Henry himself at least uh, in the early parts of his reign was a devout and well-informed catholic uh, to the extent that he earned the title of defender of the faith from the pope uh, pope leo the 10th pope leo x um <laughs> he's uh, it is not clear exactly when Henry changed his mind on the issue as he grew more intent on a second marriage. I can imagine when he changed his mind when he's like, I can get laid with any of these women. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, no. She's hot and young and smart. <laughs> oh, my God. He's like every middle-aged dude. Yeah. <laughs> they become manager of their plan or whatever. Whoa, the young, young interns are looking pretty nice. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, by 1527, so it was like two-year span right there, he had convinced himself 
that Catherine had produced no male heirs because their union was, quote, blighted in the eyes of God. He was the one who wanted to marry her. Yeah. He was the one who made a whole big thing out of this. Um, in marrying Catherine, his brother's wife, he had acted contrary to Leviticus 2021. I'm not going to read that. I'm not going to read it. <laughs> a wrong Henry believed with which the Pope never had the authority to dispense. Again, you were the one that brought this issue yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It was this argument that Henry took to Pope Clement VII in 1527 in the hopes of having his marriage to Catherine annulled for going at least one openly defiant line of attack. Again, if I was the Pope, I would be, you're the one that brought this to us. This is not our mistake. Yeah. <laughs> you're the one that ordered that food. You get what you ordered. Yeah. <laughs> if you wanted, you know, if you wanted ribeye, why'd you order steak? Exactly. It's... It's dumb. Divorce nowadays is it's, it's an easy thing. I know you you have experience being mm. a child. It's a very easy and stress free environment that doesn't cause any problems with anyone. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so now imagine if you throw the pope in. Oh um, God. So Henry sent his secretary William Knight to appeal directly to the Vatican by the way of a quote deceptively worded draft PayPal bowl. Uh, papal bull so like a letter to the pope and it was mm. described as deceptively worded so how deceptively worded does it need to be is it I like have no idea what would that be like i imagine like a like a like the zodiac killer like <laughs> <laughs> words like what the fuck is this we have to we have to do code like we have to do codes to translate this yeah we have to translate this <laughs> by the time you figure it out it's too late it's a uh angel and demons trek across the vatican city like we got to get there in time before the that man dies <laughs> Um, I'm Tom Hanks with long hair. Exactly. Tom Hanks was running across <laughs> the Vatican. Also, the I like that the secretary's name was William Knight. Like, how does he already have the last name Knight at this point? Like, I don't know. last names have been a thing probably for like 60 years. Yeah. <laughs> so Knight was uh, unsuccessful as the Pope could, quote, not be misled so easily. So the Pope could be misled, but you just weren't good enough at it to mislead <laughs> him. Be better about your deceptively mm -hmm. worded uh, PayPal bulls, and you can mislead him. So after uh, two months, so like it, they sent the stuff in in, uh, in 1529. Like So the stuff happened in 1527. Things started moving. And then 1529 is when a decision comes down. After two months of hearing evidence, I don't know what evidence they need to hear. He wants to bang her. He doesn't want to bang her. Uh, yep. Okay. There's all the evidence right there. <laughs> uh, okay. Go to the Bible. Does it say we can do that? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> what other evidence could there be? Pope Clement uh, called the case uh, back to Rome in July 1529. So making a decision. Uh, it was clear that his decision was going to settle the issue. There wasn't going to be an appeal or whatever. Um, according to canon law, the Pope could not annul a marriage on the basis of a canonical impediment previously dispensed. Which means... So if we gave you an exemption before, we're not going to give you an exemption again. <laughs> if we gave you a break the first time, don't think you're getting yeah. a, you're cutting some slack the second time. <laughs> really what it translates to. If we, may, if we gave you a break, why are you thinking we're giving you a second break? Um, Clement, there was also other, bias, uh, other reasons why he was uh, doing this. Uh, Clement also feared the return of the Holy Roman Emperor, Charles V, uh, whose troops 
earlier that year in 1529, had sacked Rome and briefly taken the Pope prisoner. Now, why was Dang, he man. why was he afraid of the Holy Roman Emperor Charles? That's because Charles was Catherine's nephew. Oh. <laughs> so, like I said, this is why trash in the sense if the judge who had ruled on your divorce was then scared of your your nephew, that's why trash. <laughs> he take he took me prisoner once, so I'm, I'm I don't want to I don't want to upset him again. At least not in the same year. <laughs> he might snap. So the chances for the annulment he wanted were lost. He was like, shit, what am I going to do? Uh, and also, England's place in Europe, you know, the, the standing, prestige, whatever, uh, was at risk. Um, the archbishop and statesman, uh, Cardinal Wolsey, uh, he took the blame. He was like, this is my bad. <laughs> I was the one who said, check that woman out. You see Anne over there? She's looking pretty nice. <laughs> I, w I was the one who introduced that. Uh, <laughs> he was charged with Prenarium, which is some fucking Latin term, but pretty much means he chose the Pope over the king Okay. Uh, in October 1529, and his fall from grace was, quote, sudden and total. Hmm. Uh, I love how his fall from grace was total. Just, you could see the, uh, the slope on the chart going straight down. Um, after a brief reconcile with the king, Henry, and being officially pardoned a few months after in the first half of 1530, he was charged once again with those same crimes from before in November 1530, mm -hmm. this time also for treason, and then he died while awaiting trial. He oh, wasn't executed, dang. but he died while awaiting trial. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Sucks, sucks to suck. Um, <laughs> a year later, so in 1530 now, uh, Catherine, the ex-queen, was banished from their court, and her rooms were given to Anne. <laughs> oh, that no is, way. That is why the wife's out. I'm, I'm moving the new girlfriend in. She's in. Um, uh, Henry was married to Catherine for 24 years. 24 years he was married to her, and then out. It's uh, a good run. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> their divorce has been described as a, quote, deeply wounding and isolating experience for Henry. I don't I don't believe that at all. He was the one who initiated all of this and made issue the entire time. Oh yeah. He didn't if it's deeply wounding, why didn't he be like I take it all back? <laughs> it would have been that easy. Uh and I would like to make just this one quick comment. Um all of what we were talking about there, that whole last time, uh is about him trying to get a male heir. Ah. Oh. Yeah, it's about him getting a male heir. All of this episode and the next one is about uh, context for a queen, a female heir. No. So all of this is going to go to waste. Oh. Yes, so it's fun. At this point, really between the king and parliament about what's going to go, what's, what is England going to do? Henry summoned parliament to deal with this. Figure it out. Just He throws the Bible at them. Figure it out. <laughs> um, to deal with the annulment. And this has become a period called the Reformation Parliament, because they're trying to figure out the English Reformation. Uh, everyone, uh, a, a, a good way to describe the feelings of this Parliament session, you know, Congress can get kind of heated. Yeah. Uh, a good way to describe this is everyone is pissed off at everyone for an assortment of different reasons. Okay, so that's fair. Uh, everyone wanted to reform the kingdom. Everyone was like, there's something wrong going on now. But mm. everyone wanted to do it in different ways. It depended on a lot of different 
you know, personal beliefs and stuff mm. like that. So some influenced by Lutheranism, which was the opposite of Catholic, which was the kind of overwhelming uh, religion in the land. So Lutheran, a little bit laxer, a little bit less extravagant. Mm -hmm. So people were being influenced by that and they wanted to put yeah, that in. Understandable too. Yep. Uh, of the crazy Christian religions, Lutheran <laughs> seems to be the most yeah, least crazy. I'm Methodist. I thought that was pretty chill. Yeah, relax. you guys seem to be less, no, no uh, religious wars. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> or the ones you have waged, they're low key. Um, <laughs> so others were hostile to authority in Rome. So they mm. might have been Catholic, but they didn't want to be dictated by an outside uh, power in Europe. And then there's other, there's one other guy I like to talk about, Thomas More. He was the successor to Wolsey, the guy whose uh, fall from grace was uh, sudden and total. He wanted to reform the kingdom, but he wanted newer, stronger laws against heresy. So <laughs> if you were against the Bible... Giving you the axe. Or, oh, or dang. Cutting your head off. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a lot of different, it's a grab bag of different things going on here. A person, a very prominent person here, uh, a lawyer, a Protestant lawyer, so kind of a depart, disciple of Lutheranism by the name of Thomas Cromwell. He has a very important family. Uh, he was a member of the parliament. Uh, he saw how parliament could be used to get the royal agenda finished or okay. get done. And, uh, at the same time, also pushing his Protestant beliefs. So he's like, oh, win-win situation for at least what I'm looking at. Let's do it. Uh, <laughs> he, with allies, uh, wished to simply ignore the Pope's orders. We didn't get that message. I didn't see that email. We, we don't need to follow it. <laughs> didn't happen. Yeah, exactly. Didn't, I didn't read it. Didn't happen. Uh, but in October 1530, a meeting of clergy and lawyers... Uh, Imagine a bunch of lawyers and priests in the room together. All right, what do we need to talk about today? <laughs> uh, advised that Parliament could not empower uh, the Archbishop to act against the Pope. So the head religion guy in uh, England couldn't, just because Parliament said don't follow Pope, couldn't just not follow the Pope. Henry, wanting to resolve things, looked to, quote, bully the priests. That was just the phrasing I saw, just bully the priest. So okay. he would see them in the hallways and knock their books out of their hands and then push them up against the locker, <laughs> call them nerds, uh, shoot spitballs at them, you know. Wedgies. Exactly. Mm. If they're in, oh, if you if he caught them in the bathroom, swirlies. <laughs> Swirly time! And he, he's just dunking them. Yeah. I love that bully the priest. Like, <laughs> there's no other way. Like, I assume it was probably with words or whatever, but like, outside of physical confrontation, just being mean to him, just saying nasty words, bullying. <laughs> Give me your lunch money, geek. <laughs> all in all, this is our final note here. Mm. The English Reformation was a very subtle and gradual process. It wasn't just one day they're Christians and one day they're not. Um, as the English kingdom tried to pull itself away from the authority in Rome and move towards being guided by royalty and parliament. So instead of following the Pope, which a lot of kingdoms at this time were doing, they wanted to do it for themselves. Hmm. Um, in both matters of political issues and religious disputes, they wanted to be the ones to, you know, deal with it. They wanted to be okay. in control. So that's where... We're going to leave it off for today. He is a single bachelor looking for, looking at a, 
a lovely lady to marry. Uh, he has just caused chaos in multiple countries. <laughs> People are okay. pissed off. Uh, his ex-wife is bitter. Uh, Parliament is in shambles. It's a great, it's a great place to leave things. Uh, so I think if you guys enjoyed that little uh, story right there of getting to a point in Elizabeth's life. She's coming soon, I promise. I promise. Uh, I think a great way to show that you care is by going to iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening to us and giving us a five-star review. Uh, a rating would be great and just a, a review leaving something in there. You know, uh, it would be just wonderful for us. Yeah, and you know, also give us other comments. Let us know what you guys like to learn about in history and see if we can wrap our minds around it. Well, more Paul, because I'm just going to j- jump along and just kind of give my um, thought or two or whatever. But yeah, yeah and then we're probably going to start a Patreon page in the future. So if you're thinking about wanting to have this grow, you know, we'll probably get that option in the near future, like I just said. But anyway, I'm Nolan Meshke. I'm Paul, and you know, we thank you guys each week for coming in. And uh, next week, we're going to be continuing with uh, Elizabeth with her mom uh, and her dad, and then her other mom or her other stepmom, and so on and so forth. It's going to be a fun time, and we can't wait to see you there. Uh, So, for next time on Back Row Lessons. Exactly. Thank you guys so much.